everyone. It's April, and here we are again this week. My gosh, it seems like two seconds ago it was Christmas time, and now we're like at the doorway of summer, which I'm kind of looking forward to because we had a cold, and I know all you people on the East Coast are going to smack my face for this, but if we had a cold winter, which was in the 40s and 50s, and it did get down quite a few times, so we had snow a few times because um, I live up in the mountains, and sometimes we get snow. So it's, I'm looking forward to a nice summer, and I have some wonderful news to report. As you all know, my Guinness, who is going to be 19 this summer, he he's in dementia. And the heart disease is still going on, but I've, I'm managing it. I've, I've got it managed with herbs and minerals and one pharmaceutical from my regular doctor. He's doing okay with that. But the cognitive part was starting to become an issue because he would forget where he was going. He was he he would forget and he would eat and then he'd forget and he wanted to come and eat again. I mean, he was starting to have those moments where I knew he would look at me like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, like basic stuff. So I talked to my vet, um, the regular vet guy who knows I'm out of the box kind of thinker, so he's willing to you know go along with me and coddle me a little bit on this. And he said, well, you know, he said, we could put him on some kind of med. He says, but most of those meds that work with the brain, he says, you know, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to tax his kidneys. He says, and at 18, he doesn't have any kidneys that we can tax, you know, without problems. So he recommended to me, he goes, do the fish oil, I mean, do the coconut oil, which Mark, my herbalist recommended, which I'll say helps slightly. I could see a difference. He was looking at me a little better. And I've established a new routine so that as soon as we wake up, we go straight outside on a leash to do the sniff therapy that I call it. We do smell all the, we smell flowers. I have him smell like onions. I have him smell all these different really pungent things because Mark says that stimulates what he has. And he, what he has left is his snout. And that's his best feature. So he says that's where you got to put some attention. So I've been doing that, but I was a little concerned. So I talked to the regular vet and he said, well, there's, a lot of vitamin kind of things that you can get over the counter, he said, that could help. So he recommended one called um, Arc Naturals, and it's for gray muzzles. Um, it's called Brain's Best Friend. It's got fish oil. It's got all kinds of vitamins and stuff to support. I started adding it. You can give two to three pills a day, and Mark and my regular vet both said, just start with one in the morning and one in, at night. Now, I've been doing that for about a week. He is different. He's much more alert. He was starting to get a little bit like he would just sit and stare into space and bark. I'm sure you've all had an older dog that they start to do that. That's all gone. He's back to puppy mode. He's running, I mean running, which he shouldn't be running, but he's running all over the place. He's eating well. He takes all his meds. He goes out and does sniff therapy. I've bought a bit more time, <laughs> well worth every penny spent. And my regular vet just says, you know what, just look, he said 18, every day is a gift, so you get an extra week, you get an extra five minutes, it's worth it. So I've been doing this protocol with him, I've, I've got him with me constantly, I've been putting the little, uh, little bugs, my little uh, chihuahuas up in a crate up on top of the desk and I'm putting him on the floor right next to my feet so he's nice and close. And everyone seems to be getting along okay because they're not facing each other. But Guinness 
is improved. I would say it's a 30 to 40% improvement. Now, am I going to cure him and make him a young puppy again? No. But I'm sure you can all relate to when you have a dog that's elderly, you just want five more minutes with them. <laughs> you know, you just want that extra time. And that's what I'm doing. And if I get five minutes or I get five days, five weeks, five months, I don't care. It's extra time. Because I know if I wasn't doing all this, he'd be gone by now. And not happening. Not happening yet. And I ask him, how are you feeling? And he looks at me and he goes, I feel better. He said that to me this morning. I feel better. I said, well, good. Let's go and do some more sniff therapy. So we do the sniff therapy a lot. And as silly as that sounds, combined, it's working. So if you've got the time, and not necessarily a lot of money. Um, Mark doesn't charge a lot for his herbs, um, CBD oil and stuff like that. I mean, it's not that expensive. Uh, for a couple hundred dollars a month, I'm maintaining all the meds he's supposed to have. And right now, his presence is way more worth it than any amount of money you could come up with. And I don't want to save money here. I want to, sa- I want to save my dog, but I can't. But I can certainly get more time with it. And to me, that's worth it. So I'll keep you guys abreast of what I'm doing with him and everything. And he, he's here. And he's improved. Which i taking him into the regular vet tomorrow because I wanted to take a look at him. And he said to me, he goes, April, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this dog doesn't live till the age of 30. He says, with what you're doing. I said, well, that would be cool. That would be okay. He says, well, you're, you know you have a hospice going on. I said, yeah, yeah, it's a hospice, but, you know, he's 18. He's had a lot, a really great life. And every minute I get with him, that's what I'm going for here, minute by minute. And so we're all working together as a team. It It's really satisfying, and I feel good in my heart. I'll, I know in my heart I've done everything I could possibly do for my best friend. So anyways, Tony, I'm certain you're glad to hear about Mr. G. He's a special boy to both of us. Of course. Of course I am. You know, he's a tough little cookie, that's for sure. We're doing good over here. How are the babies over there? Are they taking good care of you? Yes, they are. They're taking very good care of me. Um, All of them are, including Q. I sent you a picture of Q with her sunglasses like a Vogue model. Well, she is. She's a celebrity. I know. I mean, her Instagram account is just growing, growing. Yeah. So she's she's a star. She's a star. Indeed. Yeah, everything's good over here. Oh, good. Well, um, I'm going to go get Veronica, and I know we've got some good questions today. And I just want to remind everybody, if you want to send a question in, to um, go to the comment section on innerwhispersradio.com and you leave a comment, but you can ask a question there as well. So I'm going to go get Veronica. Okay. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And like April said, we've got some great questions, and I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. That's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. And you can add on to a question that was will be asked today or have your own question. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Good day to you. 
Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Lydia. I just read that what we do in this life affects all our other lifetimes. Can we heal the pain and grief we have caused in other lives? And are we able to heal those people who knew who knew may have negatively interacted with us? Yes. What you have to remember now, we understand it's very easy to think that this life you're having right now is the beginning and end all of everything. Your story, your participation, and your involvement is much bigger than that. All the experiences that you have, all the other lives that you have, it's all rather interconnected like a puzzle. So, yes, everything you do in this lifetime affects other lifetimes, and other lifetimes affect this one. You may have uh, something that you don't like very much, and you can't understand why you don't like it, and it could be from another lifetime. So all of these things do bleed through into one big-picture moment. The parallel lives and the grief you might have caused in this lifetime and other things can help heal the big picture as well as the small little nuances of what you have going on now. Anything that you've had that you, where you've been impacted negatively by others when you interact with them, perhaps the next lifetime you can heal that. Or you may have had a really great time with someone off and on in your incarnational process, and in this lifetime you're butt heads. It happens. So there is a lot bigger thing going on with you than just this particular lifetime. This is like one, we always call it the one chapter in this big novel that's you. So yes, all of that is interactive and affects it. All right, our next question is coming from Heather. It seems that cats and dogs sleep a lot compared to humans. Do they use sleep to participate in other dimensions where they can have a have a more control have more control over their lives? Hmm. Well, dogs, cats, some other animals as well. We'd like to include other animals in that because not everybody has a dog or a cat. They have some people have snakes. They sleep a lot, especially dogs and cats. They do sleep a lot. But you also have to remember that most dogs and cats, most of your pets, are way more involved than you. They're here to help you. And they do come in to help and be of service to you. And sometimes that takes a lot more energy than what they may have in the immediate moment in the lifetime. They go off into other dimensional spaces to gather energy, to gather information, and come back and help you with it. They're much more involved than most humans, and they have that kind of relationship with the reality. They do participate, but they're not necessarily... Do not participate. They do participate in other dimensions, but they don't go there to have more control over their lives. They knew fully that coming into this reality was going to be where they're going to need some help because if they're going to be domesticated, they have to be with a human. And they want to be with a human because they want to help them. So they're not really looking for control over their lives. 
They're looking to expand their ability to connect with you and others that they wish to help. So the sleeping part, you can look at them and say, oh, lucky them, they get to sleep again, but we think they're actually off doing a lot of good work for you. So they're not just sleepyheads. They are very evolved beings that are here to help you. Okay, our next question is coming from Julia. Julie, from Julie. Have ETs had a hand in the involvement of the human race? Is their contact benevolent? The planet Earth has been visited by multiple creatures, incarnates from other dimensional spaces and other planets. They had somewhat of a hand. They might have given information. They might have shared a few things. The human race has pretty much evolved with its own perspective. And those from other places that we call aliens, they they come in to be helpful, but they don't come in to try to run things. There have been a few along the way. The Anunnaki weren't quite the most warm and fuzzy to come visit the planet Earth. But the majority of those that come have found that humans are probably way more negative than they could ever dream of being. Their contact with humans, they would want it to be benevolent and therefore probably won't show themselves completely because if you look around at the human race, they probably wouldn't meet a landing of a spacecraft on the White House lawn with a parade. They most likely would meet up with it with tanks and an army. And those who are from other places know this. They know that the human race is on the precipice of being more involved, but a lot of them are nowhere near it. So they're not going to risk some sort of altercation. It's not worth it. And they, a lot of them are continuing to work behind the scenes to educate and help evolve and comfort those of the humans that are here trying to evolve. They would like to see all of you become a little bit more advanced, but they're not going to push it, and they're certainly not going to come in with a negative, I want to take you over or have you for dinner kind of moment. They want to help. And we'll say 95% of them want to help. There's a 5% that are more a little bit more warrior-like. Anunnaki were one of them. They want to come in and maybe take advantage of the planet or take advantage of those who work upon the planet. But with it only a 5% margin, they're quickly losing that opportunity. So we'd say, yeah, they've had a hand in it, but it's not, not a negative hand. It's more of a positive hand. Okay. Angela would like to know, as we evolve, do our parallel lives become one? Or will there always be parallel lives? A parallel life is an extension and a different aspect or viewpoint of the current life you're living. You're still Mary Smith. If you came in in your, this lifetime and you're Mary Smith, you go through the lifetime, you have a series, constant choices and decisions to make. A parallel life is created where you want to experience another aspect of a choice you've made. It is a nice feature that allows you to have a full rounded view of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Once you complete the life, the main life, and the parallel lives are finishing up, 
they do all blend together, but there's still individual memory, and you remember everything. So there's no loss. It's all gain. And there will always be parallel lives, but they don't continue on forever. They do blend back into Mary Smith, who then moves on to other places and times and other lifetimes, and they create some parallel lives there with the opportunity to experience different aspects of the lessons they want to learn. It's a little complicated, and we're trying to keep the vocabulary as simple as possible so that you can process this. As we move forward and continue moving forward with parallel lives, ask more questions. Take this information today, assimilate it, and then come up with something new to ask us. All right, Veronica, that was our last question. If you'd like to take a break and come back and give a message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the show today. Lots of great questions, as always. And I do encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Don't be shy, and we'll try to get your question on the air. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. So, another day of chaos on Earth, yes? So, what we're going to emphasize today is how important it is to create an oasis inside you, in your heart, in your consciousness, in your thoughts. Create an oasis, a space where you feel safe, a place where you can be grounded, and in a place that you find some happiness where all of this chaotic stuff is going on. The best thing you can do for yourself is to go internal. We've said it a thousand times, and we're probably going to say it a thousand more times. Go internal. Always go to your soul first, because that is the place where you are the most powerful, you have the most information, and a lot of perspective, which you wouldn't have with just the singular life that you're leading right now. So start in a meditative way, practicing going internal, practicing holding hands with your soul. Your soul can steady you. Your soul can comfort you. Your soul can say, hey, we've been through this. We're going to get past it. We've got to just go around this corner and we'll be there. Use it. Use the opportunity to be connected with your soul. Now, you can connect all you want with external things, but they're passing by. You know, the external linear environment is a constant motion picture. It's moving, moving, moving. There's no great stability in a place that's in constant movement, even if there's no negativity. So your soul is the constant. Go there. Sit with it. Go for a walk. Meditate. Sit by yourself and just enjoy being for a second or two. Read a good book. Listen to some great music. Find a spot inside of you that can be happy. Find a spot in you that feels safe. Find a spot in you that is connected energetically to spirit. Best place you can be. Decide every day that that's going to be your goal, to connect with your soulful energy. Everything else that's external is going to be moving with all the other people's choices and your choices all combined together, and there's still going to be chaos. You don't have to live in it. 
You're going to be walking through it in the linear, but in your heart, you're going to be stable, sound, and comfortable. That's what you need to do right now. You can't do anything about the big picture stuff right now, but you can do something about yourself. So decide today that you're going to create this nice atmosphere, connect with it. Can't go wrong connecting with your soul. All right. Thank you, Veronica. As always, a beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, bye-bye.